Blackberry and Bez and all those good, good things that are coming out. Welcome, everyone. We're live with Berry Flow Upstream number 38, entitled Vanity. We're here with the whole gang. We've got Alex Bass, uh, Brandon Orr, what's up? Blaze from over at Crackberry, <laughs> Darius Stokes, and Jim Muir. How you doing, guys? How's everyone doing this evening? Sure, sure. Fabulous. Jim, we really appreciate having you on. You've been making your rounds today, so hopefully you're not too tired of uh, sitting down on the seat. No, uh, good. <laughs> As if anyone knows, Jim is the developer of the native Google Play client for BlackBerry 10 Snap. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. Jim, as we start off here, I'd like just a little bit of background on you. Is your, have you always been a BlackBerry 10 user, or did you just recently come over as the BB10 devices rolled through? Um, I actually got on BlackBerry uh, when the Pearl came out. So I've been a BlackBerry user since, um, I think it was BlackBerry 5, I think, back then. Um, and I had a Pearl, and then I got a Storm, and then a Storm 2, and, you know, each one I was thinking, this, this is the best device ever, you know, but in <laughs> retrospect. Um, <laughs> you know, and then um, I uh, saw the BlackBerry 10 stuff um, and got to one of the BBJM Americas and got a Dev Alpha and got into it that way. So it's been, it's been fun. It's my favorite platform to develop for. Um, I also do iOS and Android uh, in my day job, so I, I enjoy BlackBerry 10 the most. Though. That's awesome. So you do develop for other platforms as well? Mm-hmm. That's and very cool. Do you mind if I just ask a quick question, developer to developer? Sure. Uh, and what, what particular do you like about developing for BlackBerry 10? Do you find the, uh, like the UI tools, or, or what do you like about it? Um, I like the the native performance of it, like being able to do things in C++, um, you know, as opposed to the Java, Android kind of thing. Um, I also love QML and JavaScript. Um, being able to do very quick mockups in the IDE is awesome. Um, uh, and the documentation I find is very good in the samples that they provide, all the GitHub samples that are on uh, GitHub from BlackBerry is awesome. Yeah, that surprised me when I started uh, developing for BlackBerry 10. It, it was such a new OS at the time, and yet the samples there wasn't that many, but the samples that they did provide were pretty were pretty good in terms of getting your foot your yeah. feet wet with the OS. Mm-hmm. So you, you were talking a little bit earlier that you're locked on Verizon. You do have a passport coming. How is, how are the new devices going to help your development efforts? Say, so actually be able to hold them in your hand when testing. Well, the the main uh, benefit is I can run the, the app in, in release mode, and I can, um, you know, get the crash reports that way. Uh, that's really the, the issue is getting the crash reports from the running device. Um, that's the benefit I see. And, and also the UI from the, the, the screen resolution and everything I can do in the simulator, but being it using the touch-sensitive keyboard, you know, using keyboard shortcuts, all that stuff will be beneficial. Um, but I, I have unlimited data from Verizon, so I'm, like, really holding on to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's understandable. I mean, if you, I, I was still upset when I got out of my grandfather at AT&T, and it was moving from a BlackBerry to an iPhone way back in the day, and I hate myself for that. <laughs> oh, my God. 
But let's get started. We do have a lot to cover, guys. And, and Jim, we're going to circle back and we'll talk specifically about Snap and that latest beta that you've put out and some of the changes that you may be bringing uh, to the head. Let's talk about the Leap or the Rio or, or whatever BlackBerry wants to call it this week or whatever we, the media, want to call it this week. Uh, Blaze had pulled out some interesting files uh, and showed them over on CB. What do you guys think of the Leap in general? Is it something you're interested in at all? I'm interested in it just because, I mean... When it comes down to the BlackBerry Z3, it was one of those devices that I actually really liked. Like, I like the form factor of it. I like the design of it. And, I don't know, it, it just seemed like it would be better. It would be more suited for me if it was, you know, just improved a little bit more and basically had LTE. That would be the device that I would actually use. I mean, although right now I think that, you know, if they announce it, it's probably going to coming out a little bit too late. I would have liked to have it back when the Z3 was announced, but I know it's one of those things where I think if they price it accordingly, it'll probably sell. And what's accordingly to you, Blaze? I mean, are we talking... Because we thought the Classic was going to be like more lowly priced, but now it's at 450 So what do, you, what do you think in terms of correct pricing along the lines of this the Z3, like 200 Yeah, under... Two hundred dollars and under, no contract. If they do it that way, they'll have some people that buy it. You just think that'd be great for enterprises who just want to pick up some devices and mass who are trying to upgrade their fleet for maybe a bold ninety nine hundred or even a Z ten. Yeah, it's like one of those cheap devices where you know if you if you're using it and you know, whatever happens to it, you drop it, you break it, whatever, you throw it in in the recycle box and you grab a new one and you keep going. A fleet of devices, I guess you'd say. So I think it would be good in that area. The, my my whole thing is that I don't think BlackBerry users are, are really going to appreciate it. Like us, the hardcore, you know, the ones who want all of these new devices and innovation and stuff like that. We're not going to appreciate that device when it comes out because it's not what we want. You know, look at it as low end. You know, it's just something that BlackBerry is putting out, and we arguably don't understand why they're putting it out. <laughs> We're the ones that are also saying that, you know, it'd be good for the, if the price point is right, under that $200, no contract, it'll be good for those people, so. These are some photos that we saw of the device actually hit the, hit the media, hit the net. Um, again, it looks a lot like a Z3 overall. You showed off some images on CB with all of this being like more of a stainless brushed metal. And it seems like they may have blended the two, given some chamfered edges, so very interesting. As... Interesting as this photo looks, it's probably pretty close to what we're going to see actually launch maybe on Tuesday. Uh, interesting to see what OS it'll be running. Do you think it'll be running a version of 10.3.1 or maybe a newer version, kind of like a maintenance release? What would you guys like to see on a device like this? And we see it here it's running 2.2.6.7, but that may have just been auto-loaded onto the device. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you definitely want to see the latest software, just simple fact, because you want to get the best experience, regardless. Um, because, you know, essentially with 3.2 and what we see with every .2, well, what we've seen with the .2 series so far is that they have been the maintenance releases. You know, they have been the uh, improvements on battery life, the improvements in terms of fixing the bugs and glitches that happen within the, in, within the OSs. Uh, Hopefully that's something we can see because I mean we're kind of imminent on the release date, so um, at the least you want to see you know three dot one. But uh, I don't expect like a like a quick turnaround in terms of release date after the announcement. 
Um, I would kind of shoot for like possibly end of May, knowing kind of BlackBerry's history. They they like to wait and sit on things, so. <laughs> like 10.3.1. <laughs> right, right. It was a long time coming, but I am glad it's here. I mean, everyone should have it now. If you're still waiting for it for some reason, plug in your device to BlackBerry Link. You very likely will have it there. And if not, you know, dig through CB. There's plenty of autoloaders out there. I mean, even when a new OS comes out, I still end up flashing my device brand new with it. I'm not pulling OTAs as, as I usually do. Brandon, in your experience, pulling over the air updates... Has it been beneficial to your device, or do you think it causes a little bit more error for you? Uh, personally, I think it causes uh, a little bit more error because I, I don't I don't usually before when I like I was speaking before before the podcast I was a little more cavalier and I leaked and I used the leaks a lot more often. I didn't find I was running into as many uh, bugs or errors as I am now with just strictly doing over the air stuff. And I guess it chalks down to maybe there's some. Some files that get left on when you do over the air, and you've just got an OS, you know, being loaded on top of another one. It's always better to have a clean, you know, fresh install. Uh, personally, right now, I'm on the Passport, the latest stock OS that's out there, and uh, my music shortcuts don't work when I have like a headphone plugged in or something like that. Like I can't raise the volume or lower it. Whereas when I put it on my Z30, where I did a fresh install, it works perfectly. So I don't know, and I'm getting screen flickering and stuff like that which apparently other people who just did a fresh install of the OS on their passports don't experience it as much. I never take an OTA update. I'll take one just to, like, you know, for example, take pictures of it coming through or something like that so I can make a post on BlackBerry. But on my own personal devices, I'll never take an OTA. If it's not coming by, like, an autoloader or a fresh install, I'm just not touching it. I'll always wipe my device and start fresh. That way you know for a fact that there's not going to be any bugs carried over from previous OSs or anything like that within there. Any, any bugs that you get are pretty much within that particular OS. They're not being carried over from OS to OS. Definitely, definitely I believe as well in those fresh installs. It seems like for BlackBerry 10 that there may be some like just vestigial files that stick over, and I mean we see this on all the OSs really. I, I don't, I haven't heard an over-the-air update that's gone well for anybody really. <laughs> someone's, someone's always messed up something on their phone, and those bugs linger on. I, you know, everyone's talking Mobile World Congress, but there was another event, Embedded World, that just happened a couple, a couple days ago actually, and QNX was there in full force. They showed off a lot of cool stuff. And did any of you guys happen to catch any of the news? They put out a couple releases on some new partners, and they announced some new products and services as well. What do you guys think about QNX kind of standing alone there at Embedded World? They didn't have much talk of BlackBerry at all. They kept it mostly all QNX-based. Well, I think that's what it should be in terms of you know, QNX, because they are still essentially their standalone company. So it makes sense that they keep, keep at least some of the separate stuff out there. Um, again, though, as I mentioned before, some of the stuff, the press releases and stuff like that that came out, everything led with, you know, QNX, a BlackBerry subsidiary. So, you know, they, they still managed to get the, the mention of BlackBerry in there. They're not, they're not foregoing everything about it, but it was interesting to see them team up with the, the or released the wireless framework. That was part of the thing that interested me the most. We know that they've had robots and stuff like that embedded. Um, but 
the interesting part was uh, the QNX wireless framework. I think that was probably what would be more beneficial in, within our area. No, absolutely. They're basically taking their wireless framework as a software solution and basically attaching it to all sorts of embedded machines. And it's very interesting and prevalent, as they say right here, you know, from cars to vending machines, this wireless framework has a lot of potential. So you can bring data, voice, all sorts of stuff through different layers of hardware and infrastructure. So definitely cool. I, I find it amusing as well. They showed off this this little guy, the Neato Bot Vac, which is an auto autonomous vacuum cleaner. Uh, it's a pretty cool uh, little vacuum. And it's interesting. I spoke with QNX's Grant Corville a while back, and he said that basically, you know, this was a neat project for them because a lot of the struggles that they were encountering with some of their autonomous car partners were also experienced here with this autonomous vacuum. So a lot of the same challenges ultimately had to be overcome. With you know, in terms of autonomous drive, they had they were showing off a defibrillator as well with a very quick start time, which I thought was awesome. Again, talking about the different you know verticals that QNX and BlackBerry. Are are going to play into. And then, as Blaze had mentioned as well, those autonomous robots. I mean, they have these robots autonomously running around the warehouses, moving crates and things of that nature. So definitely cool to see QNX is widespread into multiple things. They have their own SDK, which we've seen. I don't know if this BlackBerry browser icon looks familiar to anybody. The whole thing should look familiar. It's <laughs> <Man. laughs> Exactly. looks just like a playbook. And then here we have a, a demo of a patient monitoring system as well. So definitely a lot of cool stuff over at Embedded World, and it carries over well into Mobile World Congress, where BlackBerry is, you know, keeping the highlight and spotlight on them, but also showing off and leveraging, you know, their QNX and other partnerships as well. We, we heard a lot about Samsung. Uh, Brandon's itching to say something, so what's up, Brandon? <laughs> Uh, no, nothing, nothing. It's just you said the magic words, things of that nature, you know. There is his keyword there. It's kind of like, you know how when you get, when a psychic has that, you know, that keyword that when you say it, someone just automatically does something. It's like you say things of that nature, and Darius just comes to life. <laughs> Darius perked up a little bit in his seat. I saw no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of like with Embedded World, it, it really just makes so much sense for QNX to be there just because you're looking at, um, what they're going, what they're doing towards with uh, the auto industry and seeing, uh, you know, iOS and seeing Android, you know, uh, dwelling into that, to that you know, perspective of uh, technology and, and getting into cars. But, you know, what's embedded underneath, you know, those companies is QNX. So um, I'm really excited or just happy to see that they're, they've been so active within the last year, truly. Just uh, looking at all the uh, tech events that happen, um, they're there and they're, you know, hold these, not just something slight and just mention a little something. They really have like a huge experience for those people that attend these events um, and they get a lot of information out of it and they keep you up to date with what's coming next. So, um, besides them just being, you know, kind of like a separate entity from BlackBerry, but uh, as Blaze had mentioned, they always, uh, BlackBerry's always named. And they let them know that they are, you know, entity of BlackBerry, but you know, they have a strong working team, and you gotta respect those guys for that as well. It's almost like BlackBerry's, t you know, BlackBerry's. Like, oh yeah, we'll use QNX to brand ourselves, but we don't right. wanna, we don't wanna burden QNX with our own brand, so we'll leave <laughs> right. them standalone, right? Let them do their own thing. Yeah. yeah. 
It's so, good that they're showing some more variety in the things that they're they're doing. I thought the booth was really good at showing the wide span of where their OS is, as opposed to the traditional areas that we've been hearing about the past few months in medical and the auto industry. I think that you know, looking at the the vacuum or the, some of those smart uh, devices like the forklifts is some other areas that your traditional um, that the normal person, the average person looking at QNX might not know they're 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 part of. It's definitely such an entrenched uh, operating system at this point. I'd love to see some of those more you know more verticals come out of what you know that partnership with Samsung as well because Samsung's really looking at the IoT as well. So you think there could be maybe more synergy on the operating system side, at least to connect and kind of bring these different systems together. I'm just excited for when I can sideload Snap onto my car. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> so let's move on from the embedded world news. Let's talk about the leaked 2080, uh, 2480 OS that we put out for Passport. Uh, Blaze was ha uh, lucky enough to be able to post that up for us over on CB. And it is an OS update that supposedly is set to address some of the screen flickering issues. So if you're a Passport user out there, you want to evangelize the device, you want to show it off, yet you still have those screen flickering problems, head over to CrackBerry, maybe gra grab that update. I've loaded on my passport, and since I've loaded it, I haven't had any issues, and I actually did a non-destructive update to the OS. Uh, Blaze, have you experienced any flickering on your end? Not at all. I mean, I had, I had flicker at the beginning of it because it was one of those instances where I did take the OTA update to see exactly how well things would work after and of course as expected there was some flicker in there and some just general wonkiness but when I decided to go ahead and load that onto it I did exactly like you did just did a non-destructive update load up the files directly onto it did a did a reboot and everything has uh, has been pretty tip top since can't really complain about anything I mean there's still some some other people out there that are having issues with like the ringtone volume but um, my my biggest concern wasn't any of that stuff. My biggest concern was the passport screen flicker, and it solved that. So I really complain. At least at least it got out there somehow. I mean, even though it it it, it hasn't been pushed out by BlackBerry officially, at least it's out there for those who want to be able to go ahead and load it on their devices. It's just kind of bad that you know we have an OTA global rollout, and then we have leaks that are fixing bugs come out like a couple of days <laughs> later, just to to fix some of those uh, rollout issues. It was just yeah. so normal too. It's like, eh. yeah. like one of those. Oh, there's some bugs expected. Here's a leak to go ahead and fix them. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get the maintenance release in like May, <laughs> right. months from now. <laughs> but no, it's it's out there if anyone needs it as an upgrade. I hate when I'm like showing someone off the phone for the first time and I launch the camera or something and then the screen goes green with flickering. It's kind of like the most awful experience, very embarrassing. So if you don't want to, you know, put yourself into that corner, you know, grab the update, use Sachessi, and you can load it up over there. It's at least at least a small update overall. Yeah, and I guess that's a good thing about it is that you know you don't in this in this particular instance you don't have to wipe your device or anything. All you have to do is download the app. Download the files, plug your device in, drag and drop, and you're good to go, pretty much. And that's that's the real good part about it. You, like I said, you don't have to wipe your device or anything. It's it really is just like a two or three click fix, and you're done. Right. It's an awesome OS. I 
had no complaints whatsoever. But I, what I thought about, and it just kind of reminded me, is that um, I know initially when I first got my passport back in September, is that I there's a significant difference in terms of the volume when playing uh, when listening to listening to music through headphones um, from my Z10 to my passport. And I always wondered if other people experienced it. And I had, you know, went through the forums and I seen other people like, yeah, you know, I've had the same issues and whatnot. But um, just wondering if that's something that BlackBerry even has acknowledged or knows about and will acknowledge it and, you know, kind of correct it in, in the future software updates. But it's not that it's a huge issue, but um, for those who listen to music, I know I always plug my phone up as soon as I get a car to my auxiliary table and just understanding like I have to turn my volume almost all the way up to get kind of like a good amount of volume while friends of mine might use my auxiliary cord and they're like halfway and I'm like Jesus Christ your phone's loud but um, <laughs> it's just one of those things you know that have kind of like just flown under the radar that I'm hoping they can kind of uh, address in, in a future update so to speak. So with that in mind like you said you're not not entirely too sure if BlackBerry is aware of the issue or tracking the issue. I I've been following along with all of the BlackBerry knowledge base updates. In case anybody isn't familiar, BlackBerry knowledge base is basically where they go ahead and they post all of the information that is essentially known to them. If there's any issues or anything like that, they'll post it in there. So if you guys want, through some of the things that are specifically known to BlackBerry right now in regards to the update. Please take the weight off my shoulders. <laughs> no, because I thought Darius was fool, and I thought he was just straight cheesing on BlackBerry 10. But, like, I'm in my car. I'm listening to a CD. It's at, like, 30, right? It's loud enough. I'm vibing. I put my passport in. I have to crank it up to, like, 60. Right. <laughs> so it's it's a real thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, what does the knowledge base have for us? So in regards to the knowledge base, I'm not going to explain each and every single one of them because I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody has fully aware of what they are, at least at this point. Um, so, unable to upgrade to BlackBerry 10 OS version 10.3.1 due to insufficient space. Unable to place a BBM video call or voice call after upgrading. Uh, after updating to 10.3.1, screen rotation is not working. Text input field is displayed within BBM chat after upgrading. Uh, picture password screen is unresponsive frozen. Adobe Flash isn't in there. That's not necessarily a bug. <laughs> However, where did it, where it, was, did it go? <laughs> it was noted in the knowledge base just so that people are actually aware. Um, if you guys remember, there was a blue light, uh, blue LED issue um, that caused some of the devices to uh, manually restart and wipe out some of the data. That has been recognized, and there actually is a fix for it. So if you end up getting your data wiped out for whatever reason and you have the blue LED, go get the fix for it because it's just one simple file that you have to like load onto your device and then it's done. Um, unable to boot past 98 or 99% after upgrading. Uh, after upgrading to 10.31, the volume notifications is noticed to be sit significantly lower than the previous version. Uh, devices purchased from Shop Blackberry or Amazon have not received the OS update, which is one of those things that people were concerned about because it's on a slower rollout. Um, so if you haven't got it yet, there's, there is at least some options to going ahead 
and trying to uh, work around that, I guess you could say. Uh, this one was really weird because I don't I don't fully understand as to why or even how it could possibly happen, but it happened. Um, the display appears zoomed or magnified after updating to 10.3.1. I've heard this on, on like all, all touch devices, and they have to you have to literally go in your settings and fix it every time the phone falls asleep. That could be so annoying. Yeah, um, it basically enabled the the zoom mode on the on the OS. Um, BlackBerry 10 smartphone screen flickers. That's we've already been through that one. Uh, this one was rather interesting as well. Mobile network radio provides only SOS coverage and battery will not charge after updating. Uh, Damn. That, that, one, that one's pretty bad. <laughs> it's funny, like, Blaze says he's reading the knowledge base, but he's actually just going through, like, angry emails. <laughs> exactly. Why is this working? Uh, BlackBerry 10 smartphone screen appears blank or black and will not power on <laughs> Uh, unable to swipe up and wake the device from a black screen, and when screen screen reader mode is enabled. So those are all of the known issues and fully acknowledged. A lot of them actually have fixes now, and we've been tracking the majority of them and posting the fixes when they do come up. And then at the same time, some of those don't necessarily have fixes as of yet. However, as we mentioned if you're having any of those issues, then you might want to look into the possibility of just simply using an autoloader versus taking the uh, white your device clean, use the autoloader, and chances are you're probably not going to experience the majority of those issues. Should you have to do it? No. But it will probably fix the majority of them. <laughs> try the, the over-the-air first. Give yeah. <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. Right. Hey, Blaze, do they, do they actually, like, mark uh, those the issues that they have, do they mark them as being fixed when a fish when a fix is issued for them? Like a, you know, an actual mark like ah, this issue's been fixed if you were wondering. Yeah, um, I mean if you go into some of the issues now, they um, and you look under the resolution, it'll simply just say it, like there is no resolution at this point in time. But if you go back to it, then it gives you the resolution. So it keeps track of when it was updated. There's actually an RSS feed that you can Subscribe to to keep track of the knowledge base articles. Cool. If you're, you know, if you're experiencing any of them, I'd probably suggest that for at least the quickest possible way to go ahead and get updated of when they actually do some changes. But yeah, to each their own. If you don't want to do that, then you can just always go on over to the knowledge base and uh, have a look around. Change, changes abound. Definitely lots lots of change in it, BlackBerry. It yeah. seems it seems as if they're kind of getting ready to say, yes, we're a major software player. And it's good that they're finally kind of getting there. They they have their hardware. It's necessitous for their end-to-end -end security solution. But it's not to say that they couldn't have a stronger footing on the software side. Again, everyone has that kind of parochial vision that they're just a hardware company. And it's good that they're taking strides publicly, like at Mobile World Congress, to say, no, we're, you know, we're building out different things and we want to monetize all these other devices, not only our own. It's much much easier to climb that mountain than it is to climb in the actual volume market with handset sales. So very cool for them. Let's talk about a Google Android partnership so Alex can get started with this one. The, the, let's talk first, Alex, about Android Work and some of the EMM partners that were announced alongside BlackBerry. Yeah, well, I, I could just go over a few of the things. I know that the the nice stock 
price once uh, they announce this. You can see on my screen if you have it. It got a nice little bump up here. Um, so it was a you know 10:30ish or whatever. But then once they announced the partnership, it's been up 10.79, uh, 10.80. It's been pretty consistent from there. And I guess having having a partnership from a company like as large as Google, essentially saying like, hey, we need some help with you know security deep integrated into software and they're going with BlackBerry that it just gives credibility to BlackBerry whether or not you like Google or anything it's the fact that a large company that big is coming to BlackBerry and saying that and they're doing that I just think it has a lot to say about them uh, James you could bring up the other partnerships and everything and I'll just jump in when, when necessary <laughs> no, it, it was very cool that, you know, with the Android work, with the announcement that everyone was there and on board, you know, Mobile Iron was there, VMware with Citrix was there, everyone was there, and that BlackBerry was right there as well, ready to support with Bez 12. It was cool, as you said, that they're still wholly relevant, you know, in today's day and age, that, you know, they're not some archaic dinosaur anymore, they're still playing this game, and they're still a very large uh, MDM partner for them. So, as you said, definitely great to have Google on board. There was a couple other uh, interesting additions with Samsung bringing some of their enterprise services with Knox over to the newest device, the S6, and as well uh, kind of partnering up to add some added security to those devices. So we saw that they were announcing not only a little bit in terms of Knox and Bez connectivity, but also the SecuSuite package being brought over to the Samsung Galaxy S6. So very, very cool. Along with that, it, with that partnership with Samsung, which likely helped the stock price as well, uh, Alex is showing us here some of the BlackBerry Experience uh, software portfolio. So this is a very interesting suite of products, and I kind of want to talk about it. We can break it down from here, guys. There's three different ones. There's the productivity suite, the communication suite, and the security suite. My question to you guys would be, and help me understand this, is the productivity suite, is all of this dependent on Bez 12? Or some of this being sold as like an outside package like BBM Meetings is that you just sign up for a subscription type thing. What do you guys think? They haven't announced a lot on it so far. Yeah, you know, I think like something, okay, the hub, for instance, being baked into Android or iOS, I think you're really going to need to have Buzz, and that might go along with, we already know that uh, the, the work-life balance BlackBerry Balance, like you need to be on Buzz to do that. We don't all agree that that's what we want to have, but I think you need the Buzz infrastructure there. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like the Hub would be, because that's kind of integrating all of your accounts in your calendar and everything into one. So they, they probably do need that infrastructure there. Um, but there are some things you could pick, pick out of there, like obviously BBM meetings that you don't necessarily need it, maybe. And then like obviously BBM, you don't need it. We know that already. I think you just pick and choose. It's not like an all or nothing going on from what it seems. Very interesting that input is listed there under the productivity suite as if maybe yeah. they're bringing the BB10 keyboard yeah. and input experience over to other devices. Very, very interesting strategy. Do you guys think that this invalidates BlackBerry's hardware? I know Chen is, it told us to believe otherwise, right? But from a, from a services perspective, do you guys think that this kind of reduces the value of an actual BB10 phone when you can have kind of the other experience with still the BlackBerry software and services? Not at all. I think it, it actually, in the long run, could actually win people over to BlackBerry's hardware side. Um, because, you know, you, you, Android users are always downloading, you know, different keyboard, uh, you know, applications and so on. 
to you know change their experience with it. Um, but if you think about it, if like they have the option to use the BlackBerry keyboard, um, then it kind of it, it will. I would assume that it would kind of make you a little bit more interested in what else they have to offer. And I mean, it's not that BlackBerry is going to give up all their prized possessions to these other platforms, but um, having the uh, ability to use, you know, the keyboard, let's just say if that is the case, um, could be something uh, I think would be very dope in, in the long run, but um, also being able to subscribe to certain things, um, such as like BBM Protected or um, any of the other, you know, applications that could come along with it, possibly even the hub. Those things could just drive people to want to have the OS all together. Which, if you're gonna if you're gonna use the OS, then you're gonna want the hardware itself. I mean, it's just I think it's a good strategy that BlackBerry is choosing, um, and I don't think it's really selling them out on the hardware because one, it's not like there's a ton of hardware users to begin with. So why not give them this awesome software that you do develop? Um, and, and really just kind of see where it takes the company from there on. Uh, in terms of revenue, I think it's one of the easiest ways to, you know, uh, monetize uh, the software itself is just by selling pieces and bits of it. Um, of course, you would love to just sell hardware and, and bring in a bulk of money, but in the long run, it's not going to really be the results you want immediately. I, I just find it kind of funny that, like, I'm, I have this open up right here. Um, if you could see my screen... And I noticed that in the video, after they showed off all of these, then they broke them down. And I'm thinking these are the core ones that they're really trying to focus on. One thing I find a little bit strange is here they list under Productivity Suite Documents to Go, whereas within here they list Documents to Go under the BlackBerry Communication Suite. So they kind of their marketing is a little messed up there um, yeah. from what it seems. But you can see where their focus is that there's the hub is what they really want you like they have all this stuff like the input and the universal search but it seems like they're really focusing on having the best hub experience calendar experience because I've been hearing uh, Google just updated their calendar for Android and a lot of people have been complaining about various things where they got rid of the month view but no it just wasn't very obvious how to get to the month view but they don't necessarily like the new month view and they got rid of the week view and like all this random stuff's going on um, so BlackBerry could come in and take take that and give a great calendar experience the ironic one is the contacts because BlackBerry users, you know, we've complained about the contacts app for the last 10 years. No, uh, for the last, you know, year and a half since it's been out. And it has potential um, where you can click a user and all of their information is, like, aggregated in there and then it connects with the calendar and vice versa in theory. Mm -hmm. But in practice, it doesn't work that great. So maybe they, you know, they're thinking of really getting that figured out and, and fixed and set up. And then... Um, this is curious, too, about the documents to go. The fact that they even put that there, does that mean they're trying to com come up with some kind of like competitor to Google Drive um, yeah, where you can do that? And, and that's something I'm the most interested in because yeah. if you think about it, on those other platforms, Microsoft just came out. There's Microsoft uh, 365 uh, Office Suite. Which is you know it's ubiquitous with with uh, with enterprise today, where most inter most businesses use Microsoft um, Microsoft Suite for their word processing and other other tools. So I'm I'm wondering we haven't seen too much in terms of documents to go uh, within the past year or so. Uh, so hopefully that means a, a beefed up uh, documents to go suite um, with this new emphasis on it. And the thing is, Documents to Go is such an underrated application, I've always felt. It, it really is. It, it makes things happen for you. Um, 
But another thing I, I, I thought about as well is that it's it's also kind of a cool thing with BlackBerry selling their software if they are breaking it down to the application levels. Um, is because you have a lot of users who would love to use BlackBerry 10, but due to their carrier, they don't have, uh, you know, if I'm on Sprint, you know, all I can use is the Q10. Um, if I'm on Verizon, all I have is, uh, you know, Z30 on the Q10. But I would like other, you know, devices. I can't get my hands on them, so I, I stick with my carrier. So, you know, if I'm if I'm using another device on this carrier and I really love the BlackBerry uh, you know, 10 software, then it's kind of cool that you allow me to get this. Um, and then also, uh, not just in terms of having limited hardware due to your carrier, it could just be because you like different specs or you like different features of a different uh, of a different uh, smartphone, such as the S6 or M9 or anything like that. Then you have the option to download these core applications, put it on that device, and it can make it that much better because they don't have it. So this is something I want to throw in there real quick. I just want to know where Documents to Go is better on Android than it is on BlackBerry. <laughs> it's yeah. true. I got it free on Amazon, too. Go figure. You <laughs> can <laughs> Google Drive integration and everything on Android. BlackBerry doesn't have that. Yeah. Right. Why do Look, I have to load the Android app, app of, of Documents to Go to get a better experience? doesn't make sense. Didn't Chen mention something like... I don't, I don't want to say it was like a long time ago, but I mean, it was it was a couple months back, I believe. But I know he said he wanted to really move into like the cloud services. So uh, seeing a couple of those things could, I mean, it could be something that's coming, you know, close to that uh, with them trying to integrate these applications with that uh, cloud service and allowing people to use them across platform and, and whatnot. I, I, that's what I want to bring up. The the next point, which I just want to finish through this list, the other two important things here are BlackBerry Blend and Password Keeper. And isn't that a little bit curious that you're seeing Password Keeper there? Because they've right. never really been too big on it. But since some of the recent 10.3.1 updates, Password Keeper now gets synced to the cloud. And that was one of the biggest problems with it. But let's take this one step further. If they really do take Password Keeper seriously, while well, I and tons of other people use things like FirstPass and LastPass, and I use this religiously, I wouldn't be able to remember all of my passwords on every site if I didn't use this. So wait a minute, does this mean that BlackBerry, being a security company, people trust them on security? I would rather use Password Keeper if they actually were able to integrate it like LastPass is. I'd rather pay BlackBerry for Password Keeper if they brought it to that level. And Password Keeper, or LastPass, is literally a company that's standing on its own just doing this thing. So that's just another revenue stream that once people start trusting in BlackBerry's security, because they, that, that's the one thing that everyone knows with them. So I would rather trust them with my passwords and the sensitive data than I would LastPass. And then obviously BlackBerry Blend, that just goes in addition to being able to just access your, your phone and everything on your computer. And that's just kind of the connected device, like the IoT. And it could get to the point where you could maybe have BlackBerry Blend running on every surface of your house. So your refrigerator might have a screen, but it has Blend on it. So it doesn't matter what screen you're at. You can interact with your phone, and your phone doesn't need to be with you. So I think that's just something that will evolve with IoT just in the future. So, Alex, um, some of the changes that you're seeing on kind of the software portfolio strategy, yeah. do you think that the cross-platform efforts 
will stem back to actually BB10? Do you think any of the changes that we see on iOS and Android in terms of BlackBerry software may come back on the other side to actual BlackBerry 10 users? I think they're, at this point, it's not very surprising. They're kind of, well, they're definitely moving to be more of a software-based company than hardware, but the one advantage of having a hardware-based company when you're a software-based company is you kind of have a beta testing ground. Think about it. The BlackBerry Hub has been beta tested on BlackBerry 10 devices ever since it's been released. QNX, the whole BlackBerry playbook release, was seen as just a, a beta of BlackBerry 10. Um, and you kind of just look at all of these things, and they can use just a large set of people, and they can beta test all this stuff, and then they could introduce it into their whole um, ecosystem that they offer. So I, I do think it will come back to BlackBerry, and I think BlackBerry 10 users might actually be the foundation of new things that come out, and then they'll slowly adopt them to the other ecosystem, like Android and iOS and Windows Phone. But here's the thing. The BlackBerry 10 users want to be a part of the extended beta. I want to be their guinea pig for testing stuff on other platforms. Says every playbook owner ever. Okay, well, <laughs> the playbook, that was a bad example of a beta. I think a good example of a beta is the BlackBerry Hub. Like, we... Like think of think of it or not, like we were a beta test for if the BlackBerry Hub made sense, and that was a beautiful thing to be a beta test of because on every other platform, everyone is jealous that they don't have access to the Hub. We've had it for a year and a half now, and I can't live without it. Didn't so I, it depends. Didn't legacy legacy devices essentially have a Hub? They had yes, a social Hub. They did. They did. Yeah, it was wasn't as segmented and and robust as it is now, but in the theory behind it, yeah, your, your SMSs would be able to go within there, your message, your email would show up in there. I'm not totally sure about social. I think you had the social feeds, which would kind of integrate in to an extent, but... They, they were all there. It, it looked like one giant hub, but yeah. but it wasn't necessarily. It was that area right below the, uh, the timer on the old legacy devices. It was all there, more or less. It definitely has kind of transcended in terms of design. Uh, Alex, what are you showing us here? Okay, so these are uh, three screenshots that I found interesting that BlackBerry showed. In this video right here where I'm showing all of this off that we've been discussing, they showed three screenshots of just most likely Android devices, you can see the material design having the button in the bottom right corner. It's pretty obvious that this, for instance, is an Android device. But looking at this, you can see these minor changes that they've made. For instance, everyone has been complaining about the new 10.3.1 calendar. They're like, you replace the dot, or the, the fonts, the numbers aren't getting larger and smaller depending on how busy your day is and everything. And they put the dots on the left side. Whereas here they have them below it, and I think it just looks a lot cleaner. And they got rid of all of the the, the like the lines to separate everything. They had lines below them in 10.3.1, and I think it just looks a lot cleaner. And you can tell, you know, what days you have certain things. If red is your work and blue is your personal, you know, I have personal stuff going on today uh, on the 30th, whereas I have work-related stuff going on on the 31st. So you can get a quick glance and see what you're doing, not necessarily what parts of your day or how busy they are. That's the one downside of what this is. Um, so then here's one other one where I'll actually show the hub. This probably wouldn't necessarily be an update that would ever come to BlackBerry 10 because you see the whole swipe to pull to snooze uh, a notification, which that's like an integrated Gmail kind of feature or functionality and that these other apps have. But you know, if you were to swipe left on an email, 
then we know that that would mess up trying to get into the overflow menu to jump between email accounts and everything. But at the same time, maybe like if you click and hold down on there and you swipe, you can you can activate the snooze. Whereas if everywhere else, if you pull to the left, then you'd get to the normal overflow. So I think you can see some ideas that they might actually be coming back and integrating within BlackBerry 10. And this might just be what Android looks like for the for the hub for Android, but at the same time, it might not be. And then this one is what I found most interesting is the calendar. The calendar currently that's in my BlackBerry Hub, everyone's BlackBerry Hub, I use it daily. I love it and it's so useful, but I don't think that many people are aware of that it's even there. So when you're at the top of your hub and you pull down a little bit further, then it shows you upcoming appointments. Whereas this way that they're showing how it will show up on Android, that it actually segments it and it's a separate black section and it stands out a lot more than it currently does. And they just space things around here and they, they made it so it says 15 minutes rather than saying the email came in at 2.30 and if it's 2.45, you, you kind of have to consciously, or consciously look at when it came in, look at what time it is and say, okay, this email came in 15 minutes ago. This just takes one of the steps out and immediately tells you this information. So whether this is a joint effort between Google and BlackBerry to come up with this, I would not be surprised if they start making these exact changes to BlackBerry 10 because they're just usability changes and they just make the hub more useful. Um, and that, that was my kind of rant on all that. Sorry. Brand, I, I get Brandon, about this stuff. Brandon, drop the mic for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a little heated. The most important thing there, I mean, what Alex highlighted is absolutely fantastic because, you know, that went into great detail, but I think the most important thing there is that BlackBerry is actually adapting to, like, the Android platform. It all looks like material design. Yep. You know, and that's the most important thing because that was the problem that they had with uh, BBM. They didn't adapt it to the platform. They tried to bring BlackBerry 10 to everybody else's platform, and that didn't work. Assuming we're looking at Android here and assuming we're looking at the material design layout, then it shows that they learned their lesson from there, and they're actually bringing the hub uh, to BlackBerry 10, or sorry, Android and iOS or whatever else is out there. Windows Phone, I believe, was the other one. We seem to concentrate a lot on Android and iOS, but they actually did mention Windows Phone, too. Yep. Um, but the, they're adapting to the platform that they're bringing it to, and I think that that is essentially one of the most important things. You know what I find weird about this whole thing is that they're bringing, it looks like they might be bringing the hub to Android and iOS, and, and time after time, whenever I speak to someone who who is a fan of their BlackBerry 10 device, they say the one thing that will keep them from changing devices yeah. is that BlackBerry hub. Like, I will not change to an iPhone or an Android because of the hub. Like, if there's one thing I'm not going to change for it, it's because of the hub. Like, some other things like social invocation and, and other forms, other integration in the OS are good, but it's the hub that's keeping me on BlackBerry 10. And I'm just that, worried that's about... That's perfect. And that, I'm don't be worried, worried about that. that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Dude, don't be. This this is the great part of it all. Okay, so this is going to be paid functionality. It's not going to. BlackBerry is not going to just throw it in the Apple and Android app stores and be like, here, download it and use it. Because what benefit do they get from that? Even if it was a paid app. So this would be probably what you would get if you joined Bez 12. And at that point, companies are going to be joining Bez 12. 
we're more worried from a consumer side if our buddy leaves BlackBerry 10 to go to Android because he can get the hub on Android. Well, yeah. my buddy's probably not going to want to buy a Buzz 12 and pay the $12 a month per user, whatever it is, to get the hub and all these services integrated in there. So I think it's they have a smart play to protect their consumer market of BlackBerry 10, but then also give this functionality if you want to pay mainly towards businesses or enterprise. Yeah. That's a good that's a good view of it, Alex, actually. Yeah. I mean, could it be the part of that subscription? Like, I mean, do you think these features could be part of subscription to BBM is to get other BBM applications and they could work the hub and things, you know, of that nature into it as well. I mean, you got BBM protected, you have blended and whatnot. Those could be a piece of subscriptions that happen. Yeah. I want to just pause. Alex, did you say Bez was $12 a month? No, no. <laughs> for a year? Was it a no, year? No, 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 no. I said twelve dollars per user per month. That's there. That is like literally one of the the price tiers. There's like twelve dollars per user per month. Which, when you have an enterprise company with six thousand employees, twelve dollars right. per user per month is a lot of money per month. That's, I wonder if those I wonder if those same enterprises are going to pay the thirty six dollars a year to get rid of ads in BBM and custom vanity pages. <laughs> we make we make fun of BBM, right? But it's probably one of the biggest BBM updates we've had in a while, right? They even updated channels supposedly on the back end. You can have multi admin. I looked for it. I looked for it. Couldn't find it. Yeah, it's not there as of yet. But it's only one thing. They only updated the ability to go ahead and add more administrators. So that, you know, that was only one of one of many complaints that I had with channels. So. Where are the other, like, 100 and some odd complaints? <laughs> what Blaze is actually saying is, that was only one thing I put in my article. <laughs> is it the thing only from the uh, web portal, though? It's not even from devices, right. is it? From the web portal. Right. And it's like, I could, give you my, I could give you my BBID, and you could log in and do that anyway. Like, I don't think it's a new exactly. thing. Exactly. So. I digress. I digress. Definitely cool to see BBM bringing in custom vanity pins and all that other good stuff. They need to put the you know the pedal to the metal in terms of making money out of BBM. This is like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think BBM has been around now 10 years. I think it came out in 2005. Yep. So, I mean, the fact that it's taken them 10 years to monetize is kind of like the Snapchat story in reverse, right? Like everyone's just starting to monetize their different platforms. So it's good. I think it's really good in terms of them being able to make 500 million with BBM at the end of the year. I mean, that's a pretty large target. Do you guys think that's something that they can hit relatively? Did you say five? I thought it was two hundred yeah. million. Or... Yeah, it was like one hundred to two hundred. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, okay. Five hundred million, because that's that's crazy, man. Five hundred million. If yeah. it is five hundred million, I think that's it's a pretty. I mean, good for them for having high high goals. <laughs> no, I I I believe the infrastructure for BBM runs them about 100 million dollars a year just to maintain. So ultimately they want to just break even on it, right? And then maybe make something on on top of it. So if they were to break down the 90 million users that they have, active users or registered users, and they were able to get just 100,000 of them at 36 dollars a year, I mean, that's not bad. That's only 100,000, but that's still such a high margin of users that are willing to pay consecutively each month for it. I would like them to have those a la carte options if I just want maybe one or two things out of BBM, or maybe to have just a bundled version where I could get all of them in one. Kind of like you just talking about. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely more likely buy in at a set price. I'd pay 50 bucks like one time, one time thing. I don't think that's so far fetched if you look at other, like, 
other providers of other services, like look at if you look at Photoshop and Adobe, what they've done with their creative suite is that they kind of segment the different apps, and then you can get the whole suite for a low price, or each individual app on its own for kind of just half the price, but still. It, it doesn't provide that value as if you get the whole suite. So we might see something like that for for this whole suite of tools from BlackBerry, where they could have like one price for the whole suite, but then if you want to have that one app, it's going to be cheaper. But in the end, most people are probably going to opt to get that whole suite. It's cool, man. iOS B BBM Hub on iOS and Android, but where is BBM Video? <laughs> That's my biggest complaint. Jeez. I'm waiting for it still. I'm going to buy meetings just so I can say I have BBM Video <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> but let's move on. I want to talk about the Verizon launch of the BlackBerry Classic. I mean, we were kind of making jokes, poking fun that the most recent Black, uh, BlackBerry device that they had was the, the Z30, but they did bring over the Classic, and they brought it over in two different variants. It brought over the normal version, same as what you're seeing from Shop Blackberry with the Verizon branding. And they also have a cameraless version as well. I found it cool. I thought the camera phones were kind of disappearing from Blackberry, but the fact that they brought one now that doesn't have the camera is actually pretty interesting. What do you guys think of Verizon? At least we have Jim on Verizon, we got Alex on Verizon. Alex, how do you feel about that uh, the device over there? Yeah, I see you shrugging already. Jim could totally take this away. I'm, I'm a Z30 user. I'm waiting for the next premium all-touch device, and that's just what I'm doing. Jim, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm waiting for the next all-touch. Uh, but um, I'm probably going to get the Classic here in the next couple days uh, of the Verizon one uh, to see what it's like. Uh, I, I was at the AT&T store uh, yesterday just to check out to see if they had the, black, the Passport, the round-edge one. And they did not have it, but they had a classic, and I played with the classic for a few minutes, and it just uh, brought me back to the bold, and I loved it. So I think I'm going to grab one and, and check it out, try it out for a few, you know, see how it goes. Are you going to get the one with a camera or without? <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> the, camera's, the camera is still pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> At least if you get the one without the camera, you have an excuse why you, you don't have <laughs> crappy pictures or like, oh, I can't take a picture, not because it's crappy. I don't have a camera on this thing. It's funny. He'll be going through Instagram and say, like, how are you posting these photos <laughs> with my eye touch? <laughs> no, it's definitely cool, though, that we have both the major carriers in the U.S. on board with BlackBerry 10. It may not be every device. It may not be the original devices, right? They may want to make some own modifications to those devices, but they are there, and they are showing their support. And ultimately, that's a good thing for corporate customers because corporate customers are the ones going to their carrier partners and saying, hey, I need these phones. So that there's an option there for them now, be it cameraless or not, is, is a strong thing to see. So glad that AT&T and Verizon are both on board. Maybe we'll mend things with T-Mobile shortly and kind of get back in those graces as well. That'd be nice to see, especially because you know all of our unlocked devices are GSM ready anyway. But let's close here, Jim. Let's. I want to ask you a couple things about uh, Snap. Sure. What are what are some of your download numbers in terms of? Because this is an application that needs to be sideloaded at this point. Mm -hmm. um, Blaze on a previous upstream said that you were like o already over a hundred thousand downloads. Is that correct? For the Snap version three beta, it's a hundred and fifteen thousand downloads total wow. of all of the three the three versions combined. Just like that's like just under forty each, right? Yeah. Yep. That's not bad at all. That's more. It's it's more than. 
It's more than Flow got. That's <laughs> a lot more than I expected for our beta. And I'm sure it's a testament to the quality of the app I've used it. It's quite... It, yes. it, I mean, the original Snap that you had um, was good in itself, but this one just it's leaps ahead of that one even. It's great. Yeah. And, and you need to keep in mind that, for instance, you know, my mom, my stepdad, my brother, and, my, and two of my buddies, they're all on BlackBerry 10 devices. And I, even though sideloading is a pain in the butt, I went through the process for each one of your versions of the beta, and I put that on each one of their phones so my mom could get yeah. the Android app and stuff. My so mom and my dad made me put Snap on their phone. Exactly, too. yeah. <laughs> yep. You know you I just win. Yeah. <laughs> I just put Snap on a friend of mine's phone the night who upgraded his uh, Z10 to 3.1. He was just like, I, I'm, I'm on Skype with him, and I'm talking to him through it, the whole sideloading process, and he's just like, He's like, bro, I've been missing this the entire time. I was like, yeah. I'm like, where you been? He was like, I. He's like, thank this guy for whoever did this. Just thank him. <laughs> so, I want to be happy. I, I definitely want to thank you, Jim, for like the hard work and time that you've put into that app because I mean, you really save a lot of people a lot of time. Um, you know, trying to load APKs and I think what you've done with the application is just amazing, especially with version three, but. Do you kind of give yourself like a timeline, so to speak, when you want to put out the next betas, or it's just kind of as you have the time allotted to you? Yeah, it's basically when I have time to work on it. Um, the past like few weeks since the first beta, I've had a lot of time. Um, I didn't get to work on it much this week, but hopefully by next weekend, I'll probably have the next one out. I'm, I ordered a passport on Friday, and it comes this Tuesday, so hopefully... I want to get some of these Passport. There are a few crashes on Passport, and I want to get those fixed for the next awesome. beta. And then after that, I want to get some more more of the new features in there that people are asking for. So obviously, we had we had Cobalt bring the actual Google Play Store, and he kind of patched it, patched and hacked it over. Were you able to learn anything from looking at that process to maybe enhance your own? Um, there's definitely things uh, that he does that, you know, Snap probably, I don't know if I want to do. Um, he, he uh, it's pretty cool how he did the whole thing. Uh, I looked at, like, I kind of looked at the APK and I, like, ripped it apart to kind of look to see what he did. It's pretty cool what he did and what was he, he was able to do. So um, I'm hoping to get kind of, like, an Android shim app that, that is, a, you know, goes along with Snap that uh, communicates with the Android runtime. It kind of does some similar things that Cobalt has done. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure yet how, if it's going to work very well, I'm not sure. That but. sounds interesting, because then, yeah, you can kind of bypass Google Play with using this, like, kind of, what would the shim do? Would it actually collect the data, so, or would it just be there to fake it out? No, it would actually be real. So I have a proof of concept working where I have a, there's an APK downloaded from Google Play that has the license verification. And when it launches, it sends an intent to the Google Play Store app. Um, but what I've done is this shim intercepts it and reads in the, the query it's, it's, it's trying to get. So it's saying, like, this app version, does this person have the license? So then I'm sending a message to Snap that's on the same device, mm -hmm. that Snap can go up to the Google and ask if that user has the right to use that app. And then it passes okay. it back down. So it's, um, It sounds like complicated stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, I, I had a question about, because I don't know, 
like the logistics behind how Google Play works. And <coughs> I know, for example, my stepbrother, he um, he has Snap on his phone. I just upgraded it, and he mm -hmm. really wanted Clash of Clans. And apparently okay. it used to be on the Google Play Store, and he's on the Z10. And all of a sudden, it's not in the Play Store for Z10 anymore. It still shows up for my Z30, but it doesn't for him. So we actually tried the, the Google Play method where the actual Android Google Play popped up, and it showed up in there, and he was able to download and install it. But is, is Google actually finding, like, Z10 users are connecting, and they're blocking them from downloading certain apps? Or are certain apps, like Clash of Clan denying access to download, or is that something with Snap that it's happening? It's probably with Snap. Um... What, how it works is that when, when Snap launches and you log in for the first time, it sends like a, an overall profile of the device to Google okay. to kind of describe the capabilities of the device. And a lot of that stuff is hard-coded because there's nowhere to like get that data. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the Snap 3 uh, uh, beta has the profile of a Nexus 5. Um, okay. It is able to grab some of the data from the phone, like the name and the screen resolution and um, stuff like that, but most of the stuff is is from uh, another Android device. Oh, yeah, so you know, it might not be... Go ahead. Yeah, no, it, I, that, that makes sense. It might not be recognizing such a strange screen resolution, which is on the, the Z10, because it's, what, 768 by... Or 9, whatever. It's, like, it's weird numbers. 768 68. by 1280. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of a weird resolution, whereas like the Z30, it's just 1280 by 720. Like it's a more maybe generic. You know, I wonder it could just be pulling in the screen resolution, and being like, wait, that's that's not something we're used to seeing. And you no, know, Clash of Clans is like no. I don't yeah, know. is an Android. Go ahead. Even with the online APK downloaders, like if you go to just Google up APK downloader, they're like Jim was saying, it they have a set profile. I think um, one of the online ones uses a, uh, a HTC One for whatever reason, a Japanese version or something like that, because that one apparently has more compatibility within the Google Play Store for the majority of applications. Now, there are ways that you can actually go ahead and change it through some of the online APK downloaders, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure if Jim has ever looked at that because. Like you said, you, you have one specific set profile within Snap, and there's no possible way to change that as of yet. Um, would that be something that would possibly be able to be added so that you could you could change the specific profile within Snap? Yeah, I mean, there definitely could be a possibility, kind of like a power user. Uh, the reason why it's not right now is just because of simplicity. I don't want to like show that option yeah. where only 1% of users are going to ever use it, but definitely could be a power user feature where um, you could edit every single last piece of the, the device profile. Yeah, that, that's smart that you bring that up because so many people, they don't realize the magnitude. When, when you have this many users, you can't always think about a small subset. You need to think about as a whole, or that's just how like open source kind of works in a sense. I know this isn't open source, but... Um, you don't want to just start throwing in all these these options where my mom's on her phone just trying to install an app and she's getting prompted which screen resolution or type of device she should be selecting right. and get confused. You, yeah, that that's makes sense. I can see your mom like going in and changing her device profile. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, Alex. Like, let me up this to a Nexus Six real quick. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I wanted to ask, what's next? What's next on your beta list? What are some of the things you're trying to tackle in terms of user feedback, Jim? Um, the the crashes on Passport are the number one thing. Um, along with some people are having issues where um, the device isn't getting registered properly, and therefore downloads aren't actually working. It's a very small percentage, but it's still enough to uh, to you know look at. Um, once I get those done, I, I want to do a, a headless uh, background service part of Snap that can do very, you know, periodic updates um, and notify you when, when new updates are available. And then beyond that, um, being able to download that, the updates in the background and have them ready to install. Um, those are on my list for what to do next. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Doesn't the, the background updater have a, a limit on what you can pull? Yeah, yeah. There's like a memory limits and CPU limits of what a background service could do. So it'll be interesting. I'll try to see what I can do, and you know, there'll be some you know give and take on that. But hopefully, we can get something working well. Is it is it completely against BlackBerry's terms of service to put Snap in in the BlackBerry world? Like, have you tried that, or you've just been told there's no way you can do that? Or there was a uh, on the last beta. Um, Crackberry post I posted in the comments. There's a section of the BlackBerry World guidelines that um, third-party apps storefronts are prohibited. Okay. So that would be the item where it would never be allowed in That's BlackBerry World. And do those terms cross over into BlackBerry Beta Zone? I would assume they do, but I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it would make sense that BetaZone is prepping apps for BlackBerry yeah. World so that they'd have the same guidelines. I mean, nothing is stopping me from putting it as like a draft in BlackBerry World and like giving people access through like through BlackBerry World vendor portal, but it, yeah. you know, it's a lot to manage. Yeah. Too. What ideally, you know, I, one of the things I've been trying to figure out the past year or so is how to do like a really like a side load. Thing without VPNing or without development mode. Um, there is a what is it? There's that one app that lets you sideload bar files directly from your your device. Is it sideload it? Uh, yeah, that's it. There you go. Very apropos name. Yeah. <laughs> does, does that use a VPN? I, I thought it did. Does it? I'm not. I'm I not sure. I think they all use VPNs. Yeah. You have to use that profile, the VPN profile, to install it directly on your device. But. And you could set up a VPN, but that would just take so much traffic. Like it, it definitely would would be tough to make it manageable. So yeah. very, so very cool. So uh, beta fixes, passport uh, issues, crashes, headless updates, and maybe background downloading. Definitely sounds awesome. Definitely looking forward to it. So, so what's next? You you mentioned you dabble in, in Android and iOS uh, development. Do yeah. you have any other BB10 apps, ones that are actually going to be available in BlackBerry World? Yeah, I'm working on. Um, I ha I started it a couple weeks ago. I needed a break from Snap. I started this app. Um, basically, it's going to be a very like very. I want it to be a really good user experience. Um, a, just a news RSS reader app. Um, that's what I'm working. That's what I'm. My next project, um, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be in BlackBerry World and everything because it's not Snap. Uh, but <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's one of those things where I miss from BlackBerry OS days. They had the BlackBerry News app in Vigo for before, and it's one of the apps I miss. And there have been a few that that are native that that are out there in BlackBerry World right now. But I think I want to take some of the 
the UI that things I've learned from doing Snap and the, the performance stuff I've done and, and put that into a new a project and hopefully others like it too. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I know I loved BlackBerry News on the playbook. It was awful UI, but it was still good to have it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll buy your RSS reader just because it's in BlackBerry World. <laughs> 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 this is no appreciation. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, it was funny, maybe about a year ago or whenever you put this up, I know you made Flip Shush. And yeah. it is, it's a very, like, it's pretty, it's just simple mm -hmm. for what it does, and it's just, you know, clean. And I was amazed that at that point in time, because it was very early on when you were able to make it, so, like, you flip a device over and it does something. And then, you know, BlackBerry added the advanced interactions, which, it's funny, they have a column that says flip to mute, and I always wondered why it didn't work. So, like, I'd be listening to music, I'd flip it, and it wouldn't mute it, and I'm like... Do they not even know how to do this? Like, I mean, there's an app in BlackBerry that does it. But then I was just reading. I figured this out today. I was reading it, and it's just to flip to mute when you're getting an incoming call. So if that's turned on, if you're getting a call in that rare instance, then if you flip it, it'll mute it. So this is where Flip Shush allows you to do everything else. If you're listening to music, or if, does, can you actually change, like, the profile settings on a flip? Or Yeah, it used to be um, kind of, like, a weird, uh, like I was doing like really low level audio um, programming in for BlackBerry 10 in the first version and then uh, uh, I think when 10.2.1 came out they actually have APIs to change the profile. Okay. So then, you know, there are more and more people that have clones of this app uh, since then but um, before I was just doing like kind of, I guess I can share this now, it's been you know, they, everyone can make this app now. <laughs> kind of overrides the audio bus of each. I, I don't remember the terminology. It's been so long, but it kind of overrides the audio bus of each type, whatever setting you had it on when you flipped it. So yeah, because I noticed it didn't pause the music. The music kept playing, but the music was silent. Yeah, so. I think I I added pause in a later version. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At first, it was just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely recommend go check that out. It's on sale, I think, right now for a dollar to get the premium version, and you could try it out. Uh, just use it on music and start seeing how it works. But you know, I, I, it's useful when you go and turn your phone upside down. If you just don't want to be bugged, say you're in a meeting or something, just flip it over, and you could have it act like it's on meeting mode or actually have it change to meeting mode or whatever you want to do. So definitely go check that out too. So your support. No, absolutely. Uh, Jim, it's been really great having you on, answering some of our questions. Some of these have been like keeping me up at night, to be quite honest. <laughs> no, for real, because I load, as Alex does, you know, I load this app on every single BB10 device I see. If I come across it, I pull it over yeah. and I put it on like, there. You don't have Snap? What's your problem? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, people just ask me, like, how do I, you know, they see Instagram or they see Snapchat on a BB10 device in a review, and they're like, well, how do I get it? And it's so much easier to kind of just put it on their device and like have them just go and play with it than having them. Here's what you gotta do. Here's how you sideload and all that stuff. So I, I love the application. Uh, on behalf of all of us here at Berryflow, we've submitted a donation over to you, so you should see that on your end soon. Oh, thank you very yeah, much. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. At the bottom of our post here, guys, there is a little button. It's gonna send you over to his website. Leave a donation if you're really interested in the application. Help support future development because these are these are the kinds of native experiences that keep BlackBerry 10 and keep me as users. So Jim, we all really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. And Jim does it because he loves the platform. He's just trying to... Right. Does it for free. Right. I mean, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. 
Just repping the BB-10 hard. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll take care on this one. Um, we'll wrap it up here. We'll see you all next week. Uh, next Sunday, we have a little bit more to talk about in terms of Mobile World Congress and some of the news that's about to come. Tuesday is going to be the big day for BlackBerry. There's going to be some announcements made on Monday tomorrow as well. So stay tuned. Lots to look forward to. Again, guys, appreciate having everybody on. Thanks. Right. Later. Later. Thank you.